Well, I'm glad to be back. That's my last trip for the year. I seem everybody I know is traveling last year and this year. I think we're all making up for COVID uh, lockdowns, you think? Yeah, some of you have plans. Good luck with some of it. <laughs> one person stuck at Gatwick right now. Um, the luggage went one place and they went somewhere else. I heard that this morning. I said, thank you, Jesus, to be in Kaiser. Um, so I was, at my, in my travels this last weekend, I got caught in a number of traffic jams and stuff, and it reminded me of a of a of a priest retreat I took some quite a few years ago. It must have been at least 12, 13, I don't know. It was a long, quite a long time ago. I what well, I had a retreat down where I used to be a monk or a novice down at Valiermo, St. Andrews Abbey. It's a beautiful place in the California high desert. So uh, my former novice master was leading the retreat, and I thought oh, that'd be kind of cool to go down there and do this. So. You know, I flew in to LAX, where I lived in that area for many years. And as you fly in, I'm sure many of you have done this, I, if you're on the correct side of the plane, you can see more. And I was on the, well, let's see, you're flying in towards the ocean, so coming in over LA. I was on the right side of the plane, and I could see the church where I used to worship, from which I emerged, I might add, from up to here. It was, it's this octagonal-shaped building it looks a little bit like a circus tent. And I don't mean to be derogatory, you know, but St. Jerome is a beautiful church, I thought. We, I've told you this before. We nicknamed it Our Lady of the 747s because it's literally right under the flight path. So I saw that, and I saw where I used to live, my place, and the whole nine yards. But I also saw something unnerving. I saw the San Diego Freeway. And I saw it all the way to the valley and all the way to the South Bay Curve. If you're from L.A., you know what I mean. Five lanes of traffic, and nothing is moving as far as the eye can see. And I'm going, why am I here? <laughs> I said, take me now, Lord. <laughs> you know, so you thought the, and you, the Lord's saying, and you thought the plane was rough. <laughs> Wait till you see what I got for you now. You know, so it's like, anyway, so I, you know, I, before long, you're, you're getting on the freeway. You're, I should say you're not getting on the freeway. And I'm inching along for, you know, I, the thing about any kind of trip, especially a pilgrimage, I've led a number of them, as you know, and I've been on a number of them, is you just let go. I mean, when you're traveling, the best thing to do is just let go and let God and let the, let the journey take you where it's going to take you because oftentimes it's, it's the things that hang you up where you learn the most. Uh, it, it's just, it never fails. We, you know, we think we're going for one reason and our, some of our happiest memories are things we weren't expecting. And this was one of them. It, I just... You know, I'm not a, you know, I'm a patient man by nature, you know. Uh, actually, on this last trip, uh, I got caught. We know these things where they're doing road work, and, and there's, a, there's a signal at both ends, you know. It used to be a guy with a flag, now there's a signal. Well, there was this massive conga line, and I got up to the front, you know, and I think I'm going to make, and they took one look at me. It must have been my license plate to try God. The guy goes, turned red. And there I sat for a half hour, and I said my rosary for the first 20 minutes. And what I said next, I have to go to confession, so don't no, tell you about that. But, you know, a half hour is a long time to sit in one place in the middle of nowhere. So and anyway, I'm sitting there doing nothing. And I, just, I just said the rosary. You know, I just said, you know, praise God. It, was, it became an opportunity to ask myself this question. Where are all these people 
going, or maybe I should say, where are all these people not going? Because they weren't going anywhere. But well, I think if they doubled the, the, the lanes of traffic on that, on that highway to 10 in each direction, before long it would fill up, wouldn't it? People that, that, that weren't traveling suddenly would say, gosh, I think I can start commuting now. And, but where are they going? I mean, where are we going in life? Sometimes being stopped is the best thing that can happen to you because it causes you to reflect and say, what the heck am I doing here? You know, I thought I asked myself, I said, what the heck am I doing in Los Angeles? I could have gone on a nice retreat somewhere in the area and not have to fight this traffic and all the baloney. Is it really worth it? Well, yeah, it really was worth it. But that insight was more important than the retreat. Really, it's, look at all the cars and all the people, and each one has an individual life, all with unique, we're all totally, absolutely unique, and yet we were all stuck in the same situation, life. And all of us had to deal with it. I'm sure some of them dealt with it better or worse. I actually dealt with it really well. In that case, it was a rare occasion of complete sanity and patience on my part. But, you know, you're, you're, I knew they had a key waiting for me up there, and I got in around midnight, you know. But uh, the question, I, I, I still see that. I still see those 10 lanes of traffic as far as the eye could see. And we inched along all the way up to the valley before it finally broke. And it was like, it's like, what is the purpose of life? Why are we here? Where are we going? Well, the journey is the thing. And it's, it's, it, it, what it comes down to, you know, is the Trinity is a relationship. And it's how we treat other people. You know, it's, it's, it really is God puts people and situations in our path. And how we deal with it is life. And that's our eternity depends on each situation, one after the other, and trying to be present to that moment. It, we, we all blow it a lot, and it's good that our Lord is very merciful. You know, he says, he who does not believe will be condemned. What that means in the gospel, which you may have heard uh, in there, is that there is only one reality, and that is God, is that ultimately we have to accept the fact that we're created beings and that there is a God and that this is a created world. And it isn't, you know, it may not look like it, but it's a very intentional world. And oftentimes, the times that we're stopped like that, and you've all been stopped by illnesses or by circumstances or, I don't know, a line in the post office. I had to go to the post office to return something from Amazon, and believe it or not, they wanted me to take it to the post office. When was the last time you had that happen? I'm just dreading the darn thing. And I went in there at 4 o'clock on Friday. Not a person in there. There were three people standing there. They said, may we help you? I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I was all prepared for a long siege. And you know, when, when I'm in a hurry, then there's a line out the door. You know, this is the way it is. I said, thank you, Jesus. I, where were you the last time I needed this? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know me. I, I've always got some angle on it. But uh, sometimes God stops us on purpose. And sometimes we don't realize where the important things are until we stop and, and, and look at it. We had a trip to... Another interesting thing, I forgot this this morning, 8.15 is not my best effort. I mean, I give it all, my all, but I just don't feel good. You know, I told the Lord, I said, you didn't make me correctly. I'm, 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 I'm a swing ship kind of guy, and with an 8.15 mass under, I have to deal with. But, but, you know, we had this trip to one of, the, one of these more ill-fated pilgrimages was the one to Eastern Europe. I won't go into it, but it was... A, it was a bit of a disaster because we got there and only half the rooms were booked and the, the company that was handling it was uh, 
sued and put out of business by the state of California. If you, it, it goes on and on. But we, we had this bus ride that was like 13 hours long. And uh, the, the guide kept trying to teach me how to say use the sign, the sign of the cross in Polish. And after two weeks, I learned it. Do you want to hear it? You're going to hear it anyway. <laughs> Somebody in the front row is saying she doesn't want to hear it. Amen. I grew up hearing that. And then my grandmother said, bah, 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 bah. I never understood a word of it. And so, but that's, in order to say that just now, I had to be intentional. I can't, what, how do we usually, let's face it, how do we sign ourselves usually before meals? You know, bless this food and thank God for who made it and I might, you know, and that kind of thing. But St. Bernadette, it was said, made the sign of the cross more reverently than anyone, anybody had ever seen because the Virgin Mary taught her how to do it. I wish I could ask Bernadette what she was doing. I've never seen anybody make the sign of the cross with any particular reverence, including me. But how, how, how was she doing it? I'd like to know. But she did it very intentionally because the Virgin Mary told her, the cross is your salvation. And when we're baptized, what's the first thing the priest or, or deacon does? He puts a cross on their forehead. And they say, uh, with this cross, I now claim you for Christ our Savior. And then invite your parents and godparents, this is babies, to do the same thing. And so all of us were baptized as, as children. We don't remember it, but we do the sign of the cross to remind ourselves that we're claimed by Christ, that we belong to him. Uh, last week, the now Father James, he's now an eight-day-old priest, uh, you know, that can't be undone. And yesterday, we had three priests for this archdiocese, one of which is coming to St. Joe's. Uh, in July, and you know, please praise God for that. That can't be undone, and neither can our baptism. We will always have been claimed by Christ, but we have to claim Him also. And and you know that that choosing Christ, fortunately, He gives us a, a million ch uh, opportunities to be, you know, to be forgiven. Of course, for the times that we blow it, but but there are so many opportunities to love Him, you know. Uh, that, that bus ride in Poland was a 13-hour bus ride. And again, that was, it was just one, a comedy of errors. It shouldn't have taken that long. But we, I can't even tell you, I, I could tell you, I'll have to wait till after Mass for some of the stuff that, that occurred. But, but when we look at, at our baptism, um, it is to, to, the sign of the cross began uh, as most people in the early church would make the sign of the cross just like this. And it slowly got larger, eyes, I should say forehead, mouth, ears, and then slowly it moved down to the heart until we, this is the way we do it today. And, uh, and so it evolved over time. But we remind ourselves that we are children, we're sons and daughters of God, and that God has a plan for our lives, and that when we are stopped by something, it could be the best thing that ever happened to us because he gives us a chance to ask ourselves, well, where am I rushing off to this time? Where am I going? Why am I going here? How many people have taken a, the so-called trip of a lifetime and come back and nobody even wants to see your pictures? I see that you've been in that situation. Or maybe you've had them inflicted on you. That's even worse. <laughs> I came back, my first trip I ever took to Europe with the airline 
I came back and my own mother didn't want to see the pictures. And that was like decades ago. And right that, you know, it, it, it's like, it's, it's the stuff along the way that we seem to recall much more than what we thought was important. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned in that. But again, what is the Trinity? You know, what, one could go into big theological explanation of it, which I have no intention of doing. I, I've heard some homilies over the years like that. But basically, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are a relationship. We are relational. When, when the Lord created us in Genesis 2, the way it's written is, it, it, the Trinity's right there. It, in the language that's used there by the author, uh, the Lord is saying, let us create man in our image and likeness. Let us create man in our. What a strange turn of phrase for a monotheistic religion. Let us create man in our. Right there you can see there's a hint of coming attractions, if you will. But the Lord did not say to any angel that you are made in my image and likeness. No, it, we are, it's not the way we physically look that makes us look like God. It's the fact that we're rational and that we are, that we can make a choice and we can make a sacrifice for someone. And that's what makes us like Christ. And that we can uh, try to accept God's will in the areas where, uh, where it is not easy to accept it because Christ also had trouble accepting his God's will. He said, Father, take this away from me. I know you can. And then he finished with let thy will be done, not mine. And that's, you know, that is life. Life isn't when we get our way. It's what we, being happy with what we've got, not, not, uh, not, not trying to find happiness in something that isn't there. We get what we want and we find it isn't adequate. So our Lord uh, invites us into that great mystery of the Trinity. The, the interesting thing I think about it, the Trinity is we don't go around thinking about it in this world. Let's face it. You know, we got, it's just not something that's on our minds. In the next world, apparently, even in eternity, we will not understand the depths of the Trinity. It's a mystery even the angels contemplate with wonder. That we're, we're, we're not there yet, so we don't understand. It may not even sound interesting, but it will be. But what I find interesting is that Jesus had pre-existence. We did not. God knew us from all eternity, but we did not exist. That's in itself is interesting that he knew you from the beginning, but we did not, we were not actually created until we were born, or conceived, I should say. And yet Christ was, we are adopted sons and daughters. He was a begotten son of God, meaning that he was begotten, but he's always, he has always existed. If you can explain that one, please see me after Mass. <laughs> but I find that fascinating. He's always existed, and yet the Trinity emerged at some point at its current form, and yet God has always been relational and always total self-gift. So we get to the body and blood of Christ next week. What is the Eucharist if not total self-gift? God being utterly vulnerable for, to our own what choice of the tongue or the hands and how we receive him and do I believe in him and, and am I willing to be broken for others and, and the whole, all the great mystery of life is, is, is between the, the incredible importance of how we treat other people and our relationships, we're made for relationship, 
one way or another, and that incredible self-gift of the Eucharist, which is coming next week, and in between there is life, we're stuck on the freeway of life, it may be the best thing that ever happened to us, because it's a chance to ask ourselves once again, what, do I have an intentional life? Do I know where I'm going? Yes, I'm going to God. One day, everyone on that freeway is going to get off, and we know there is an off-ramp, there's somebody waiting for us on that off-ramp, it doesn't drop off into nothing. We're not accidents. We are created, we're, we were intended, and God had a purpose to every existence. Amen. Oh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.